This is Digital Health Today, episode 34. It really doesn't matter how much money we raise. It doesn't really matter what kind of cool technology we build. If we've missed the human connection, the seeing each other as humans, and seeing ourselves in each other to practice empathy, we really missed the whole ride. Welcome to Digital Health Today, the podcast focused on the leaders, innovators, and technologies transforming healthcare today and tomorrow. Find us online at digitalhealthtoday.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, you're sure to find something you'd like. Enjoy your free audiobook and 30-day free trial courtesy of Audible. Sign up today at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash free. Welcome back. This is Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders working to make the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall, and this is episode 34. If you've spent any time on the health innovation threads on Twitter, you will no doubt have seen the emoticon-filled tweets of Nick Adkins and the thousands of tweets made around the world with the hashtag pink socks. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because this podcast, unlike others that we've done, this interview was done the very first time I spoke to Nick. Normally our guests are people I've had the opportunity to work with or at least met prior to having a conversation on the show, but not with Nick. We connected via Twitter and then via email and then on this podcast. So what you're hearing are some of the answers to questions that you may have asked Nick yourself. In fact, some of the questions are questions that you asked because some of you sent questions in before I actually recorded that. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to make a couple of quick reminders. This episode number 34 is airing on July 18th, which means that it's just two days to go until the release of the industry access phase of the .health top-level domain. What's that, you may ask? Well, dial back and listen to episode 33 with Jen Lannon. You can find that at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 33, and you can hear exactly what the .health extension is and how you can get priority access by being a member of our digital health community. Just to avoid any doubt, we don't get any royalties or payments for your purchasing a .health domain, but I do want to reiterate that this is available because this is an important opportunity to provide a unique destination for you and your business on the web. Go grab your domain name with the .health extension today. All the instructions on how to do that are on the show notes in the episode. We talk about it on the podcast, and if you're listening to this after the 20th of July 2017, it's not a problem. We will update the website with the information on how to skip the application process and get prioritized access to a .health domain for yourself. Also, just one other piece of good news that I had to tell you, and really, I need to thank you for making this possible. You may have seen some of the tweets I sent last week about some recognition that this platform, the Digital Health Today platform, we received some recognition from Analytica. In the first year that we qualified, Digital Health Today has been recognized as one of the most influential health tech publications globally. I'm really pleased that we're making such an impact by sharing the insights from leading innovators and organizations. We placed in the top 100, and while that's a great achievement in and of itself, I'm especially pleased that we placed in the top 20 publications, coming in at number 19, along with publications like The Guardian, The Economist, The Independent, huge organizations with a lot of writers and a lot of resources at their disposal, Uh, And we managed to to place right up there with them in the top 20. So thanks very much for making that possible. The website Moby Health News, which is owned by HIMSS, came in at number one. And you should definitely check out their website and subscribe to their newsletters. And there were a lot of other great organizations listed alongside us. So thanks to all the individuals and publications who are leading the conversation on health tech globally. And thank you, our listeners and followers, for making this possible. As members of the digital health community, we could not have an impact without you. If you didn't give me feedback, ask questions, suggest topics, if we didn't have the sponsors who listen and support the show, 
this show just wouldn't be here. And this sort of recognition and your feedback continues to provide more motivation to do more work and create and share the platform and continue to make an impact. Speaking of impact, let's talk about today's guest. Nick Atkins is a former suit-wearing executive and a serial entrepreneur in Nashville, Tennessee. After attending the famous Burning Man gathering in Nevada in 2010, he traded in the suit and tie for a kilt and his famous pink socks. He now resides in Portland, Oregon, where he serves on advisory boards, mentors startups. You can often find him traveling the world speaking about the importance of making personal connections, especially in healthcare. As you might expect with someone who has such a strong following and presence on Twitter, we talk about a lot of people who also have a strong following on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter or you're just thinking about joining it, or if you're just curious about people who are using Twitter in the healthcare space, go take a look at the show notes. We have a long list of things that we've discussed in this podcast, and you can find it all at digitalhealthtoday.com slash 34. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Nick Adkins to the podcast. Nick Adkins, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. I am really looking forward to this. Can you tell me a little bit about the pre-Pink Socks, Nick Adkins? I mean, what was the life before there? I want to, we want to go into Pink Socks and we want to go into what you've been doing over the last few years since right. you went to Burning Man. But give me, give me sort of a vision for life before all that happened. Yeah, life before that, I was a suit and tie healthcare executive back in Nashville. I was the CEO of a couple of healthcare companies, and in 2010, I went to Burning Man for the first time, uh, Burning Man being this large, awesome social experiment, this gathering of 70,000 people in the desert in Nevada for one week every year. And I went for my first time in 2010 and came back and decided uh, I, was, I was done being the suit and tie guy. Let's go into to Burning Man. I, I have some colleagues and friends that have gone to Burning Man. I've heard some stories, never been there myself, but tell me what that experience is like. Number one, why you decided to go in 2010 and what you actually experienced while you were there. Yeah, it's 70,000 people having 70,000 unique experiences for one week of every year, Black Rock City, which is the city that is formed in the desert. That becomes the fifth largest city in the state of Nevada for one, one week every year. So, so it's not technically a city, but until this event happens, then, until then, event, right? And then for one week of every year, it's the fifth largest city in the state of Nevada. So, seventy thousand people from all over the world come to the desert, make this city, and then after a week, it it vanishes, and there's no trace left by the time it's all said and done. And this is not just a. I mean, you say you camp, but I mean, th- people bring in all sorts of things for this. Oh, I saw yeah. something recently. There was a guy who bought a seven forty seven, and he's right. been redesigning this into uh, a nightclub and dance studio and everything. So, is, is the main thrust music? What what are, you, what are you really getting out of it when you're there? Yeah, it's all of the above, right? So, I mean, there's everything. People coming in, uh, just walking in with little pup tents, everything to RVs and custom buses and all kinds of wild design things. So it's music, it's art, it's sense of community, it's, like I say, it's 70,000 people having 70,000 unique experiences, so whatever it needs to be for them is whatever it is. Uh, I mean, one of the big draws, obviously, is the music and the, and the art. Artists from all over the world come and build large art installations that uh, just are mind-blowing to see these things in the middle of the desert. It's quite quite a, an experience. And there's some traditions and going there, right? There's some things that are sort of a, a level of social expectation oh, yeah. uh, that, that people have. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, the city basically survives on 10 principles. And you can look all this stuff up at the, on the Burning Man website, but there's 10 principles that all the citizens of Black Rock City kind of sign off and make this social contract and say, we're going to adhere to these things. Things like 
radical self-expression, you know, radical self-inclusion, radical self-reliance, leave no trace, gifting, which is kind of my, one of my favorite principles out there is, is the principle of gifting. Gifting is kind of really the, the impetus behind the whole pink socks movement. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to is that that's, that's one of the, the key things. It's gifting out of the true sense of gifting is with no sense of expectation of receiving anything. You don't go there thinking everybody's going to give me stuff. You think right. about what I'm going to give. Yeah, certainly. So gifting at Burning Man are also called the playa. Gifting on the playa can be, can be anything. It can be someone's made a bracelet or a necklace or they want to give you some bacon or a cold PBR or a back rub or paint your toenails. Just, you know, it can be anything. And like you said, there's no expectation for reciprocity. So here in the default world in our everyday lives, you know, somebody gives you a gift, you almost have this reaction, this knee jerk, you know, instinct to, well, let me give you something back. There has to be some quid pro quo. Well, gifting at the truest sense of Burning Man is simply accepting the other person's gift. That's your gift to them is saying, yes, someone wants to give you something, you just share space with them and accept their gift. And it's something magic that can happen in those moments of shared space and connection where you allow yourself to, to say yes and, and don't assign any expectation or judgment to the gift. Just simply enjoy sharing space with someone who you've never met before. And, and that gift is, you know, a small archive of, of a moment in time that you met someone and you shared space with them. And it's a, it's a good reminder that, you know, Hey, we're all in this thing together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a big, it can be a big mental challenge to that, that feeling of reciprocity. When somebody does something for you, you feel like you need to do something back and, and it can actually be quite empowering and fulfilling to just learn how to accept that generosity right. and, and, and just appreciate it. Uh, and just focus on the appreciation for the person and and their effort or the thought they put behind what they're doing instead of turning to something because I mean you can always turn to something later uh, <laughs> about the about uh, passing on that feeling and so when you're giving something again in the future you you, you remember and it's reminding you what that was like when you received something what were some of the things that people gave you when you were out there oh man I've got all kinds of you know Burning Man swag I mean the most popular ones are necklaces, bracelets, people make little custom pieces of jewelry, little tokens. Some people make custom stickers to give away. The best thing I ever got was I have this friend that I met via Burning Man. He's, I guess he's 77 years old now. He went to the playa for his first time also in 2010 at uh, 70 years old. He was a retired art professor from the University of Tampa taught creative design. We, we had met uh, online after Burning Man in 2010. And so we actually met for the first time in real life on the playa in 2011. His name is Dick, Dick Patterson. And one of Dick's hobbies after retiring from being an art professor is he makes really cool custom stringed instruments, you know, funky stuff. So when we met for the first time in real life on the playa, his playa gift to me was he had made me a custom electric ukulele that he had totally made from scratch. I mean, it's wow, it's really crazy, and it's in an old national violin case with these old funky stickers. So it looks like it traveled around the world, and and so I was like, wow, you know. So that's probably the all-time ply gift ever. 
So you went there, and what made you decide to take pink socks yourself? What was it? What were you going through? What did you experience that you thought, oh, this will be my gift to, to others? Yeah, so I've never really given pink socks on the playa. Oh, you not? Okay. Yeah, the, the, the way the pink socks thing happened was a friend of mine, Andrew Richards, it's at Andrew in Tech on, on Twitter. He's now the CTIO at Washington State University's new med school, heading up their innovation tech group. He and I had, had gone to HEMS in Chicago in 2015. And, you know, before then, we'd done a lot of traveling together. We we're trying to raise some money for a startup. And, you know, everywhere we went, I always had on these crazy, fun, funky socks. Because when you wear a kilt, you have to wear fun socks because everyone sees your socks. And kind of noticed that the crowd favorites were the pink socks with the, with the mustaches. You know, I was wearing all kinds of different ones. Pugs, corgis, tacosaurus, you know, unicorns, Sasquatch, you name it. But the... The uh, pink ones with the mustaches seemed to be the crowd favorite. So when we went to Hems that year, I said, hey, Andrew, look, why don't we just pack our little backpacks full of these socks? And anytime somebody you know, comes up and says, hey, where'd you get your socks? Well, it would be an opportunity for us to meet somebody new and you know, share space and kind of you know, dent the universe a little bit. And so that's what we did. And, and you know, one of the literally first people we ran into walking into the convention center was Eric Topol. And, uh, I said, Dr. Topol can, you know, do you mind if we get our picture with you? And he's like, Oh, Nick, I wish you would. And he said, I love what you're doing. And, you know, it's your company. And I was like, Oh, can I quote you on that? Cause I wish you would. And I hammered out a tweet real quick on my phone and showed it to him and said, is that good to go? And he goes, yeah, tweet it. I did. And Andrew and I took a few steps, you know, in, into the conference room, looked down at the phone and Eric Topol already retweeted that. So now all of a sudden, you know, here come these two guys from Portland Walking into a convention center with forty thousand people in suits, wondering, you know, who are these people in the pink socks that Eric Topol just tweeted, and it's really never slowed down since. <laughs> so, so you were <laughs> just, running a business. You were a COO of a business. You were a suit and tie guy in the, yeah. the, the yeah. humid heat of Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Right. You went to Burning Man, decided to go out there and. This transformed your life and perspective. I, you know, frankly, you're not alone. I've heard a lot of people that have gone through that. As you say, seventy thousand people, seventy thousand experiences, and it's, you know, I know Eric Schmidt from Google, and uh, a lot of people go there. And actually, that's one of the things that they sort of has, have almost as like a, a standard or an expectation because it does really shape your minds. I look forward to to getting there at some point. I'm glad to know your friend Dick went at the age of seventy. That gives me hope that it's not too late for me to go for the first time at some stage. Yeah, I mean if you if you ever visit the Google campus down in California, I mean Larry and Sergey and all those guys, I mean they the, the campus is designed around around Burning Man. I mean it's it has a lot of heavy influence from the city, from the way they display art to the Google bikes that get you around campus to a lot of the culture that, that Google has been uh, saturated with with the founders and some of the, their folks going out to the playa each year. So you got rid of all your suits and you decided to start wearing a kilt and uh, really yeah. interesting socks instead. Uh, I don't know when you got your ears pierced and when you shaved your head, but I mean, <laughs> this is all happening. And, and I just bring this up because I find it, I find it really interesting. I mean, I, I am more like a suit guy, and, uh, and and frankly, as you say, you know, you go to Hims and there's thirty five, forty thousand people uh, with suits, and you stand out not just in your message, but you you live it and you embody it. I think in the way that you uh, talk, and there's an amount of credibility and and sincerity and truth that I think you're able to speak. Did the Burning Man 
experience also transform what you were trying to do in your professional life, not just in the way you dressed and, and your lifestyle, but in, in the way you actually approached the problem of transforming healthcare? Oh, that's a, that's a lot of question there, Dan. <laughs> uh, you know, when transformative change is happening, sometimes it can happen all at once and sometimes it can happen incrementally and sometimes it happens, there's an amalgam of, of both of those things. And sometimes you don't even know that it's happening, right? There was a big shift, awakening that, hey, I'm ready to do something different. I've done 45 years this way. If I get another 45 years, you know, let's try something different. You know, my big takeaway from the first time at Burning Man was life isn't linear, that, that it's just, you know, things are happening right now. Life is happening right now, right here. Don't miss it. Did it change you in terms of the way you approached healthcare? I'm, I'm 52 now. And I tell you that so the last seven years, since Burning Man, the, the, the main change was from a business standpoint, you know, I was very, uh, you know, I'm an MBA. I'm probably, you know, if I had to admit to it, probably a little OCD and type A. Um, and I was always, you know, very numbers driven. And so I would look at things by this, by the spreadsheet, right. You know, and always let this, the kind of the numbers tell the story. And, you know, one thing about math and accounting is, you know, there's no emotion, in the numbers, they just tell the story. You, know, you can look at the financials of any any company, and you know you really don't need the, someone to to tell you the story. Those numbers tell the story. It doesn't matter how much spin you try to put on it. The the math is just always the math, and that's a great way to run a business. And you know you can stick to making your revenue targets and you know your margins. Uh, focusing on those numbers, but there's something that's lost in, in, in the numbers. And that is that there is really, there, there's no human element in that. And so, you know, my shift has been, you know, not so much to focus on the numbers, but to really focus on, you know, how is this really helping people, not just doctors, not patients, you know, payers. I mean, we're all in this thing together. I mean, we're all people, you know, so what's the, What's the human piece here that that's going to make a difference? You know, will the numbers take care of themselves? Man, I hope so. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, um, and that's you know that's really the rub, isn't it, for for business and especially for for startups? I mean, that, that have to make numbers, that have to generate revenue. I, I often say when I'm you know doing a talk is you know it really doesn't matter how much money we raise. It doesn't really matter what kind of cool technology we build. If we miss the human connection, the seeing each other at, as humans, and seeing ourselves in each other to, to practice empathy, um, then we really miss the whole ride. You know? it, uh, and I think that's what we're seeing with, uh, you know, with a lot of stuff in the startup ecosystem right now that's being successful. And, you know, you look at some things, I don't want to call any names out, but you'd go, wow, I can't believe they raised that much money. I can't believe they're already profitable. And, and it, they're doing these things because they're touching on something that, that most businesses, most business types have missed and that there's something driving us as humans. And that thing is that we all crave connection, that we all want to be seen and heard and listened to. And I think a lot of those apps that are being successful right now are, are plugging into that, our central need to, to be connected with each other. 
Absolutely. Even when I take a look at what you've done and the people you engage with through your Twitter account and the people that you've reached, and uh, I know you do a lot of speaking now, you really have started to create a a global movement here that gets people excited, makes them feel good, and makes them motivated to try to go out and change that story. Yes, we have to manage businesses by the numbers. Yeah, I mean, we have to, that, that has to be a metric. We can't overlook the, the metrics and we need to uh, make sure that, that we're creating sustainable businesses. But we also need to really have clear purpose. And as Simon Sinek would say, we need to be really clear on our why about what we're doing. And the, the beautiful thing about healthcare is that there is always a story there about how you're touching a life. When did you start to realize that what you'd done – well, actually, let me ask you two things. First of all, what was sort of the, the meaning of, of pink socks, or, or, or is there a singular meaning, or is it sort of like Burning Man, then that it's, it's a lot of people having individual experiences about what the, the pink sock tribe means? Dan, you catch on really fast, man. You, uh, you've got it already, so it, <laughs> that's exactly what it means. It means whatever it needs to mean to you, and – so there is really no central meaning behind it. I mean, I've, you know, some people say it's disrupting healthcare from the ground up. Some people have assigned that it's about the patient experience, quality, uh, childhood health literacy, Alzheimer's, dementia. There's a group in Wales that uses it for ataxia to drive awareness for ataxia, which is a rare disease. Uh, you know, it just, you know, innovation, you, you name it, whatever it needs to mean is what it means. For me, like I said, you know, it's the, the gifting principle. It's just a reminder that once upon a time I shared space with someone. So I've, I've given away lots of socks and I've been very fortunate enough to share space and hear some wonderful heart speak from some amazing people in real life. And for me, the socks and you know, when I wear them every day and when I see those people wearing their socks, it's a reminder that, yeah, man, once upon a time I shared space with that person and I can still remember their story that they told me, or I can still remember that smile when they were looking at me and we were smiling at each other. And, you know, I know that that smile is, is a gift and they're going to continue that gift every time they wear their pink socks they're going to make people smile, and some people that see those pink socks are going to comment on them and say, "Hey, those I like your socks." That's that person's moment to have a connection with someone that had they not been wearing the pink socks that day, the two of them would have missed each other in the universe. So I, I urge people that you know when someone comments on your pink socks and they see you wearing those, you know, get off your phone, stay on the train for an extra stop, you know, get off your bike, do whatever you need to do to. Stop, look at that person and say, hey, it's, it's good to see you. I'm, I'm Dan. What's your name? And, you know, have a moment of connection. Don't miss that. Uh, that's, that's really what it's all about. And that was the note, actually, that you included in the package you sent to me, which I really appreciate and, and just want to thank you here on the air. Because, you know, it, it, it was a reminder. I did have the, the reaction of thinking, what can I say to Nick? But then I resisted that because I, I read some of the, what you said. And I just wanted to appreciate, as you said in your note, just that, that appreciation uh, of receiving and that, that sort of quiet of, of receiving a gift from someone who had no expectations of receiving anything in return. And then also, uh, as, as you also said in your package, about looking uh, to, forward to an opportunity when I can do the same for someone else. You wear your pink socks to the grocery store or on the train or to the post office and somebody sees your socks. 
you make one person smile. Wow. You just gave somebody a gift. You just gave yourself a gift. You gave that person a gift. Don't miss that. When did you realize that that interaction with Dr. Topol at Hims in, what was it, 2015? Was it 2015? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So w- when did you realize that that interaction and now the gifting that you've done all around the world has become a movement? I mean, it, it started with one pair, but it's grown to, I imagine, tens of thousands of pairs globally. Sure. When did you yeah. begin to realize that actually it was a thing? Well, Andrew and I, Andrew Richards, we had gone to a few more conferences after Hims and continued to give away the pink socks. And it was fun. And you were having a great time with it. And, and then I told her, I said, you know, okay, that's, that's kind of enough. Let's, let's stop. And I said, it's kind of like fat Elvis and young Elvis, right? So I want the pink socks to die as young Elvis and not fat Elvis. <laughs> and, uh, and one day I was on Twitter just, you know, going along. And I noticed that this guy over in the Netherlands was tweeting about pink socks and he was giving away socks. And I was like, what? You know, I mean, here's a guy who'd gone and bought socks on his own and was gifting them in his community in the Netherlands and was doing it to help promote the patient experience around, around dementia care. And I was like, Oh wow. I mean, and we were literally, you know, I was saying, let's just stop the pink socks thing. I saw that. I was like, Oh man, I, I think this thing's gone organic. You know, there's somebody on the other side of the ocean that's gifting socks. And then other people started noticing we're gifting socks. And wow, you know, it just really, it really hasn't slowed down. And someone a month or so ago was asking me, when they, how many pink socks tribe members do you think are out there? And I said, well, by my accounting, of, of socks I know I've gifted and socks that I know people like, you know, Eugene at, at Grants for Apps at Bear, Bear Innovation, you know, Dusseldorf, you know, he's given away a lot and, uh, you know, Phillips and, you know, my friends Rasu and Mike Baselli in Denver and, you know, et cetera. You know, just, I know people that are gifting socks. You know, I'd kind of said somewhere between eight and 10,000 people probably by what I could account for. Then, oh, last month, a few weeks ago, I get an email from the sock company where I buy the socks and and they said, Hey, we just FYI, we're, we're about to run out of socks. And the, <laughs> the thing was when, when, when I decided I wanted to give away the, the pink ones, you know, two years ago, I went to the, the sock company. I said, Hey, I was, you know, want to get a bunch of these socks. And they said, so which ones do you want? I told them, I go, they go, get out of here. I'm like, why? And they go, we're overstocked on that, those pink ones. We we're only supposed to have like 2,000 in stock, but when we, we put the order in, we did it wrong, and now we've got over 20,000 pair of these socks in the warehouse. So they're like, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Definitely <laughs> glad. Okay, so they, that means in you know, that two years, we, we blew through you know, 20,000 pair of socks. And so if I can, that's a lot of organic gifting. I can't account for those other you know, roughly 10,000 pair. We'll get right back to the interview, but first I wanted to tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. I know you love audio, so I partnered up with Audible to get you started with a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash free. Audible has audio recordings of over 180,000 books so that you and I can enjoy them when we're on the go. And let me tell you, this isn't a half-stocked catalog of classic literature. 
This is the latest and greatest collection of books from the leading minds of today. I'm talking about the books that are bestsellers. I'm talking about the books that our guests recommend. For example, you can listen to Sapiens and Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari that Liz Parrish recommended in episode 30. You can listen to Zero to One by Peter Thiel that Michelle Longmire recommended in episode 28. Or maybe you want to tune into The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz that Yuval Moore recommended in episode 27. Just think, with Audible, you don't have to kick yourself anymore for not finding time to read or feel badly because you keep falling asleep when you're trying to read before bed. Maybe that's just me. With Audible, you can listen while you're working out, traveling, cooking, almost anything you do, Audible can do it with you. So don't wait. Check out our guest recommendations and then give Audible a try for free. Sign up today at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash free. Now let's jump back to the conversation. So Nick, aside from creating this movement and, you know, I know you sold your business and you moved to Portland and, and uh, you, you're, you speak, but what else do you do? What's a sort of typical week for you? You're advising corporates, you're advising startups, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I spend a lot of my time. I'm, I'm on the advisory board of a company called Cloudbreak Health, which is a really good team of people. Jamie Edwards is the CEO there. Um, Cloudbreak Health is a platform that provides more of the 650 leading U.S. health systems, hospitals, and other healthcare venues with access to multiple telemedicine specialties and language services. And, uh, you know, they're just, just awesome folks. They've, they've got a, a, a product called Marty, which stands for My Accessible Real-Time Trusted Interpreter, which is real-time video interpretive services. So you go rolling into the HR speaking in uh, a language that's not English. You push a button on the screen, and within 60 seconds, you've got a live interpreter there that's trained in med speak, so they can speak to the doctor, the nurse, the triage team, and help calm the family and the patient down and make that a, uh, a way smoother transition in the EHR, I mean, in the ER, necessary. And then the Connection and Telehealth Delivery Network is the other piece of CloudBreak. So the CloudBreak is the combination of this language access network, which has this Marty product, and then Care Connection Telehealth Delivery Network, which provides connectivity to, to all these hospitals around the country for telemedicine services. And so I spent a lot of time uh, uh, in my advisory board role there, helping them with uh, just fostering some some relationships and doing some some uh, some speaking on their behalf. Do you get involved in earlier stage businesses? I was involved with a startup here in Portland for two and a half years that I left about a little over a year ago, and then try to do some some mentoring stuff for some startups. But I'm on a couple of these tech innovation mentor panels. And and how about the speaking? I know you're headed over to Europe here. In a couple of weeks' time, uh, speaking at a conference. Where's that conference being held? It's in Bucharest, Romania. It's, uh, yeah, Icy Fest. It's going to be hashtag Icy Health. I C E E Health will be the hashtag. It's June fifteenth and sixteenth in Bucharest. It's um, I don't know four thousand attendees from all over Europe. Uh, One hundred fifty speakers. Uh, good friends. Shafi Ahmed will be there. Eugene Brokovich from Bear. Really looking forward to that. I've never been to Romania. Excellent. I've heard good things about that meeting. And anything else? Anything else on the uh, the horizon that some of you are speaking or, or uh, engaging with some people might be able to run into you and meet you face to face? Yeah, there's a. I'm speaking at a Hems Georgia event in the fall. Um, also, I'll be in San Francisco. I believe it's October 10th. 
speaking at uh, TEDx San Francisco. Look forward to that. Oh, you're speaking at TEDx? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. October 10th in San Francisco. Excellent. I'm sure a lot of us will tune in for that. I look forward to seeing that video when it comes online. Well, Nick, as you saw a few days ago, I tweeted using the Pink Sox hashtag and and asked people for feedback. And I have a as I was trying to think about this episode and the opportunity to speak with you voice to voice and share this virtual space with you, I thought, well, let me actually ask some of the other people out there what they would like to ask you. So there's a new part of the program I thought of, which is called Twitter Wants to Know. So I've sent this tweet out. You kindly retweeted it. Several people came back with a variety of questions. So this is what the Twitter sphere wants to hear from you. All right. Can you answer some of these questions for me? I hope so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very good. Well, Christina uh, Wanscher, I'm not sure, sure if I'm saying her name correctly, at Wanscher, W-A-N-S-C-H-E-R, wants to know how many countries in the world uh, ha- have pink socks in them. Any idea? What's the sort of farthest place that you've been where pink socks uh, are, have been present? Uh, I statistically haven't been there, but where I see the pink socks uh, show up, uh, if you had to say the farthest point from from here probably is Australia and New Zealand. And I, I don't know the total number of countries off the top of my head, but if you go to the website, it's pinksocks.life. Pinksocks.life. If you scroll down, there's a little animated GIF of a global map, and these little dots will pop up, kind of show you where where we know that pink socks have shown up and people are gifting and spreading the love. Yeah, I was on your website the other day. I saw you've actually updated it. You've got some great photographs on there of people that have uh, been wearing and talking about their pink socks and gifting and sharing space with each other. Yeah, big shout out to AJ Montpedit who, who did the web development. So he's awesome. Yeah, I think the only country that really that's kind of glaringly missing is Iceland. Um, <laughs> so, if they have any listeners out there in Iceland, they need to to get on the Pink Sox tribe here. So uh, get in touch, and we'll see what we can do to to involve some Icelandic uh, health transformers and or whatever it means to them. Yeah, I think we're gonna see something. There's a, there's a guy down in, in Georgia, Joe Wood, Doctor Wood, uh, who uh, is planning on going to Iceland on his way to his wife's from Russia, and I think they're gonna stop and do some conference in Iceland. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm definitely taking the pink socks to Iceland to get a to get tweet a picture out. So Actually, as I'm going through this list of some of these tweets and, and questions, I, I see that we've already covered some of them in this. I mean, Rafael Grossman wants to know how many pairs of socks you have. And I wanted to also know and add to that how many pairs of socks you've given away. And you, you estimate it's well over 10,000, uh, as you say, sort of organic gifting people uh, getting on board the uh, joining the tribe. I'd say the number, it's 20,000, it's 20, right? So if I, I can account for 8 to 10 and then we've blown through a total of 20. So I can't account for that other 10 to 12,000. But there's apparently there's about 20,000 pair of pink socks out there around the world somewhere. Eugene, we mentioned Eugene Borohovich, the American actually who's uh, leading up the Bear Grants for Apps program out in Dusseldorf. He wants to know, uh, when are you shaving your beard? About the time that he grows his hair back. <laughs> okay Eugene, you know i love you you know i love you brother eugene's hair and my hair are not coming back anytime soon We're, we've got the same barber <laughs> nice uh aline noise down in uh, barcelona wants to know uh, how has the pink socks movement impacted your friend's business i think actually you know the person who who runs the the, the sock manufacturer the sock uh company so uh has it made an impact to, to him or her yeah it's it's her her name is carrie atkinson she's a really good friend also a burner who I met uh, via Burning Man Connections. She lives here in Portland, and uh, 
you know, I wouldn't say we've impacted her business a, a bit. She's got a very successful business. Uh, she started the company 10 or 11 years ago on her own, which is a great idea. I recommend everybody go to their website, Stock It To Me, and read their story. It's just an awesome story how she's, she started the company from scratch on, on just an idea. Uh, they have, I guess, 40 employees now and just uh, a great company. But I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm not even showing up. So, <laughs> okay, you're not moving the needle. No, for no, they they do most most of their business uh, wholesale through large large retailers like Macy's and Discount Shoe Warehouse, etc. So, uh, when you sent me a package of pink socks, Nick, I left them unopened until I was with my daughters, and then I opened the the package and explained to them a bit about your story and about why I received them and what they meant to me and that sort of thing. So it was a sort of unboxing uh, process we did here at home. One of the questions that they asked, this wasn't sent in by Twitter, but my daughters wanted to know, is matching underwear available? You know, the, the answer to that is no. And so a couple <laughs> of years ago, a year or two ago, Sagatumi decided to also offer an underwear line. And they took some of the most popular selling, I think, you know, five or six or seven of the sock designs that were the most popular and said, well, let's make matching uh, underwear to go with that. And one of the first things I did was I asked Carrie, I said, hey, please don't pick the pink socks for the underwear line. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Because like, you know it's going to show up in Twitter photos all around the world. Right, and you're like, right. okay, showing the socks is one thing, yeah, but so there, there <laughs> are, people showing their underwear. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no pink socks underwear out there. <laughs> yeah, great. And several people tweeted asking about a spaceship in your backyard. Now, I saw it and I thought, okay, what is this? I thought maybe it was a little uh, a desk thing or something that you might have on top of a table. But you actually, I understand, have a spaceship in your backyard. So can you confirm, have you actually come from another planet to help save the human race? Or do you just have a passion for really interesting lawn art? Uh, let's go with the lawn art. It's... um. Yeah, I think I may have tweeted a picture once upon a time, or I know Brian A. here was, they had one in rotation the other day. I guess it was 2011, was, or 11 or 12 at Burning Man, and one of the pieces of art I saw out there was a spaceship. It's 1,200 pounds of steel, seats eight people in the round, steampunk spaceship, and uh, I remember sitting in that out in the middle of the desert. And, and then uh, it's three years ago today, actually, because... Uh, uh, today's date three years ago was the day I bought the spaceship, which is interesting that we're doing this podcast on today's date. And you asked that question. There you go. To, so we had the, what was called the spaceship landing party in, in my backyard three years ago today. Yeah, the spaceship came for sale and uh, and I bought it and put it in my backyard. And it's just been one of the best things ever because my Wi-Fi reaches out there. I can go sit out there in the morning and have my coffee and oatmeal and hang out in the spaceship. Uh, if it's raining, I can sit out there and listen to the rain hit the spaceship, and and there's no fence from the from the street. So you, if you're walking down the sidewalk and you look over at the right time, you can see the spaceship in the backyard. And probably once or twice a week, there's somebody comes knocking at the front door asking if they can go in the backyards in the spaceship. And so, oh yeah, so it's a great way to meet <laughs> new people. Strangers. It seems like a lot of things in your life, Nick, are about openness yeah. and just trying to find ways to engage and connect with people. Absolutely, man. I mean, this, this friend of mine, uh, John Sten, is Halcyon, at Halcyon on Twitter, runs a big theme camp at a Burning Man called Pink Heart. And, you know, I, I get a lot of a lot of my stuff from, from him, you know, the love more, fear less phrase that you see on my truck, El Truck mm -hmm. Sancho. 
Uh, that's like, you know, pick that phrase up from John. Another one he's got is he runs this thing called Hug Nation and the phrase is the world would rather hug you than hurt you. Yeah, right. I mean, so think of how you know, nice. we're conditioned with everything negative that we see in mainstream media or even in the Twitter feed or, you know, just life in general gets, you know, so much negative energy gets thrown into the universe. We a lot of times live our lives in fear, but you know, the, the reality is, look, people, they all just want to get along, right? Uh, I, I like the Yo-Yo Ma film, the, the, the Silk Road Project, where they travel around the world and they do these different pickup bands in different countries, whether they're in Iran or China or Afghanistan or you name it. What you see is, you know, it's it's the real world. It's people raising their families, sitting down to have a meal with friends, enjoying a glass of wine, watching their children play soccer, growing flowers in their garden. You know, it's not what we see in the media. You know, all we get fed mm-hmm. in the media is everyone's trying to kill us. No, they're not. You travel around countries and you get to know people. I mean, the world would rather hug you than hurt you. And... You know, we have a choice to make. Do we want to live our lives in fear or do we want to choose love? And so, you know, love more and fear less. Listen, Nick, I think we've covered most of the questions that I have organized for you. There are six questions that I ask all the guests that come onto the program. Can you spare me just a few more minutes? Sure. So what is a saying, quote, or phrase that motivates you? That thing that you're looking for, it's happening right now, right here. I have that written on, on a chalkboard in my house. I look at that every day. And that's, uh, you know, I combine that with the love more, fear less mantra. And those two things really um, are my reminder in every now of what what's important, what's happening, not to miss it. Life is happening right now, brother. Don't miss it. Nick, what advice do you have for others who are working to innovate and transform healthcare? Oh, be true to yourself, true to your passion. Uh, let your heart speak. And your mind is smart enough to help your heart and the best thing you can do as a startup is to find someone that has a large uh, ecosystem like you know, I always like to look at what Rasu is doing at, at UPMC Enterprises in Pittsburgh or Todd Dunn at Intermountain Andrew at Washington State and you've got to have the the weight of a large footprint that can can sustain you in those early days, right? And it can help you deploy and and have rapid iteration and adoption and usage. It's it's really tough just to try to go out and do it on your own. So if you can partner with with somebody that's got some mass, uh, that's the way to go. What book do you recommend to our listeners? Oh man, I I'm that's a tough one, but it seems like I always come back to Casino Healthcare by Dan Monroe. There's so many good books to, to read right now um, in the healthcare space, but with what's going on with the Affordable Care Act and you know, this uncertainty around insurance, I, I don't think there's a better book out right now to help explain how we've gotten ourselves in this mess in the U.S. than, than that book. So Dan does a really good job with that, Casino Healthcare by Dan Monroe, and it tells the history uh, from 1965 forward to you know, how we built the system that we have right now in the insurance world. 
I haven't read that one, but I will have a link on the show notes and encourage everybody to pick that up and I'll take a listen to it myself. I, I listen to a lot of audible books. Yeah, it's, uh, so, it's really a must read to, excellent. to understand what's going on. Thanks for the recommendation. Uh, and Nick, I think I know the answer to this, but what piece of tech do you use that you would want to live without? <laughs> well, I'm going to say Twitter. You know, I, just, <laughs> I don't know if I can live without Twitter. <laughs> Nick is NPDX. Yeah, we'll have the link on there. So, uh, so definitely that's what I thought you were going to say. And if I gave you a check for $5 million for you to invest in health technology today, where would you invest it? Well, I think I would spread it around, uh, you know, and the things I'm really interested, obviously, I think telemedicine is only going to continue to grow. I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation in that market. So that's only going to, uh, the adoption and usage of telemedicine is just going to explode. So I think that's a great place to put your money. I think AI technology um, is another good one. Virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality, another good one. Don't think you could go wrong in any three of those areas. Excellent. In appreciation of your time on the show, we make a contribution to a charity of your choice. What charity have you selected and can you tell me a little bit about what they do? Yeah, Special Olympics. And, you know, I think everybody knows what the Special Olympics does. It's, uh, you know, wonderful to see people living life with a smile and laughter and without the weight and burdens that a lot of us learn through life as we become adults. But you know, the beautiful thing about the Special Olympics participants and families and volunteers that are involved with that is putting yourself back in the space of, of being a child, putting yourself at that magic moment, you know, whatever it was uh, when you were a child before you knew that there was good and evil in the world, that, that there's something magical about these awesome people who, who can live their lives and in the not knowing of, of all the ugliness that, that you and I know about. Maybe they don't understand all this negative news and that has, it's not part of their life, that their life is just about loving each other and having, you know, the sense of, of, you know, we can do this. And when you watch the Special Olympics, you know, it's not sure there's, there's winners and, and, you know, first and second prize, you know, but it's, uh, it's the sense of, of they're doing something together. You know, we're all doing this together and by doing it together, we're all winning and how much joy can come of that. So Special Olympics will make a donation and let you know when that gift has been made. We'll also include a link to that charity on the show notes. Uh, so thanks for nominating them. Yeah, and we're, we're also, there's a, there's a free the yoke movement going on this summer. It's hashtag summer of move, which is uh, trying to encourage people to get off of the sofa, get outside, get out, ride your bike, go for a hike, climb a mountain, jog, go for a walk, do whatever you need to do to get up and move to try to stay up stay healthy and there's a hashtag pink socks FTY There's a team that Sean Hagedy and a group of physical therapists from around the country have put together is their free the yoke team and they are also the pink socks team and hopefully they win the summer of move contest out there for free the yoke because the winner of the free the yoke movement is also going to get uh, money donated to the special Olympics. So the, the Pink Sox FTY team is also supporting Special Olympics. Excellent. So let's run through a few ways that people can follow you and keep in touch. So certainly on Twitter, Nick, N-I-C-K, is the letter N-P-D-X. So Nick is N-P-D-X. Pink Sox.life, Pink Sox FTY hashtag, or is that an ad sign? 
Uh, it's hashtag pink socks, always one word, always plural, hashtag pink socks. And for the Free the Yoke team this summer for hashtag summer of move, it's hashtag pink socks, F-T-Y, as in Free the Yoke. Yeah. All right. So follow that. They're, I think they're going to they're gonna do well. Oh, brilliant. We'll include some links to that and, uh, and, and some tweets and, and share some news about what they're working on as well. So thanks for nominating them. And hopefully they do win and there'll uh, be more money for the Special Olympics. Nick, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before I let you go? Yeah, I'm just going to give one more hat tip to Sean Hagerty and, 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 and that team of, of PTs that, uh, and other providers that are involved in that. You know, Sean has also put together a, a directory, or, or you will, if he's, he's building it, a list of providers who want to provide pro bono care in their communities. So not to build new you know, clinics, or, but to, for a way for providers to utilize some of their downtime to provide back to individuals in their community who can't afford care. And so, uh, follow, follow Sean for that. Um, and if you're a provider that wants to provide free care to people in your, in your community, um, in your downtime, uh, whether you're a, an, an MD, a DO, a PT, you know, a massage therapist, you know, you name it, what, if you feel like you have some time that you'd like to contribute back to your community, uh, Sean is has it's got a database going for people to to register and and people in your community can find you and and log time with you. Listen, Nick, I can't thank you enough for for being on the program. I really enjoyed this. It's great to meet you and share this space with you, and look forward to having the opportunity to share some some real space with you at some point uh, in our travels. Likewise, Dan. Thank you so much. There you have it. That is Nick Adkins of Pink Socks fame. Check out his website, pinksocks.life. That's a brand new website that will show pictures of people all over the world gifting and receiving pink socks in the healthcare community. And make sure you also go over to our website, digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 34. We have a long list, probably the longest list we've ever had on any episode uh, for things that we've covered in this podcast. Links to different websites, different companies, links to loads of people on Twitter. So please do go check it out. If your name or your Twitter handle was mentioned on this podcast, you're probably listed on the show notes. So digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 34 and help Nick make more connections by having participated in this podcast. Reach out to him. Find him on Twitter at Nick is the letter N. PDX. Nick is in PDX. You can find him on LinkedIn and Twitter. There in the show notes at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 34. Many thanks to our sponsor, audible.com. Please go onto the website at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash free and check out a free audiobook as well as links on all the podcasts to the various books that our guests recommend. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you also check out episode 33 and get your .health domain. Lots of things to remember. Don't worry. If you're on the email list, you're going to get an email with all this information of everywhere you need to go. And you won't have to try to take notes while you're driving or exercising or whatever it is that you're doing while you're sharing time with us here on this podcast. That's all for me for now. Until next time, keep on innovating.